Welcome to the Metal Tech Podcast, this region's leading business podcast, shining a light on technology, entrepreneurship, and the future of business in Kentucky and beyond. Our goal is to advance the ecosystem by bringing attention to the founders, changemakers, innovators, and those supporting them. Middle Tech's content can be found on your favorite podcast streaming app, social channels, and YouTube. We encourage you to follow and participate in the conversation. Let's discuss and build the future. Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. You've got Logan Jones here with Evan Knowles recording out of Awesome Inc. And this was a pretty full circle interview, as I said, when we kicked off uh, this interview with Kobe. This is now the startup that I work for. We interviewed Lead Rilla and Kobe. Uh, shoot, it was probably over a year ago now. This was back in Had 20, to be. 2019, yeah. I'm pretty sure, like right, right when they started. I wasn't even co-host at the time. I was just sitting in the room listening to the interview when Evan and Kobe were talking. And after that, shortly after that, I can remember the exact moment. Kobe reached back out to Evan and I and said that they were looking to grow the team. I was actually at the time, this is pretty funny, putting together a crib for my old boss. A crib? A crib, yeah. I was kind of his personal assistant too, so I did like a bunch of like for a baby. tasks. Yeah, nice. odd tasks for a baby. And I saw that and I was like, yes, I will definitely <laughs> check this opportunity out. And the rest is kind of history. I started right when COVID hit. And as Kobe will talk about in this interview, we've gone through a, a ton of growth in terms of headcount, in terms of revenue growth in terms of user users on the platform. So for me, this is a really cool interview. Like I said, I've, I've been with them for a little over a year and a half. My position is a senior account executive there. So I'm, I manage all of our sales that go on right now. Uh, and it has been the best learning experience that I could have possibly imagined diving into the startup community. And I have, I have middle tech to thank for that. Yeah. I mean, it's really cool to like get a guest on twice. We've done this before with vivid charts and do kind of an update because they've grown so much, which means, you know, the ecosystem is growing and the amount of people working in the tech space is growing. So it's just good to hear, you know, Kobe talk about their growth. And he he touched on, you know, how did the ecosystem, you know, assist him with that? Because, you know, in order for more tech companies to be supported, you know, in Lexington or in Louisville, the ecosystem as a whole needs to grow so that the, you know, hiring base is there so that the money is there. You guys, um, you know, have started to raise money. Um, and so like there are different parts of the ecosystem that have contributed to the growth. It's just cool to hear Kobe talk about that since the last time we had him on. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll speak up uh, on Kobe or what am I trying to say here? I'll, I'll hype him up a little bit, gas him up. Uh, Kobe really is a great leader and you can kind of tell that through the way he tells the story and how he talks about culture and everything. Um, and I, I really just, I want, I want our listeners to really pay attention to what's going on here at Lead Rilla. Like this is going to be one of the major startup stories that comes out of our area, regardless of how things turn out. As we kind of mentioned in this in this recording, we've gotten to work with a bunch of ex-Fuji people, people from Awesome Inc. We even had somebody, one of, one of our designers at Middle Tech actually ended up coming on and is now our head designer at Lead Rilla as well. So it's one of those ecosystem things, one of those startups that's popping up here in the community that uh, I'm very confident will will continue to grow and be a really cool story for us. And Kobe even says it in the recording, we have plans to go international. So something that I just want the startup community to pay attention to and know that is here in our, in our backyard, uh, growing and, and hiring people within the ecosystem. Um, and it's very exciting to, to see and be a part of. So we got to discuss, uh, a little update on lead Real's growth and how we've gotten there, how we've maintained culture through all of that, as well as where lead Real is going into the future. So like we always do before we dive into the interviews, we're just going to want to get a quick word from our sponsors. 
This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Land Betterment. Land Betterment is doing some incredible work throughout Appalachia and Eastern Kentucky as they are taking abandoned strip mines and putting sustainable businesses in their place. These businesses not only provide a useful repurposing of the land, but they also provide great jobs to replace the mining jobs that were lost when the mine was shut down. To learn more about Land Betterment, you can listen to our interview with their founders, Mark Jensen and Kirk Taylor, on episode 97, or visit their website at landbetterment.com. We're also sponsored by Airwing Ventures. Airwing helps determined entrepreneurs seeking resources to grow with capital and connections in order to build successful companies and impactful legacies. They're all about high growth companies, high growth careers, and high growth communities. I've personally known Dan Beldy for about four years now, and I've seen the work he's been doing in the community, and we should all feel very blessed and grateful that a VC like himself is here in Kentucky. I encourage you to connect with Airwing and learn more. Let's all grow this state together. You can reach out to Dan at info at airwing.vc or dan at airwing.vc. And their website is www.airwing.vc. All right, welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. This is uh, an episode to catch up with one of our early guests and a very much full circle recording for me, especially because I now work for this guest. So Kobe Hastings, founder and CEO of Leadrella, thanks for coming back on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited yeah, to do it. Absolutely. Uh, we were joking. Our setup has evolved quite a bit since you were on last. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> it's changed a lot. Yeah, we were in, we were in like a small closet pretty much uh we're now in the legitimate awesome ink studio with legitimate microphones and i think the audio quality of this one's gonna be much better um so as we dive on in here we just wanted to get a a quick background to refresh our listeners that might not have listened to your first episode god that was more than a year ago now so uh give us a brief background on you know what lead rail actually does just to remind them yeah so high level and i'll kind of explain it a little more but at its core lead is a self-serve lead generation platform for independent sales agents. And so to break that down, we serve life insurance and Medicare agents currently. We also do some work in residential solar. So life insurance is where we got our start. I'll kind of go into the backstory a little bit. So about three years ago is when Leadrilla started. Prior to that, we had a blockchain development firm. Uh, So I was in the blockchain Bitcoin space for about four years out of college, um, and I was I worked at a prior startup here in Lexington, Kentucky, and when I left there, I started a blockchain development firm called Tech29, and we built custom blockchain software for large banks uh, and corporates throughout the U.S., Asia, Europe, and so we did that for about two and a half years, and in kind of the middle to end of 2018, I have an older brother who has a life insurance agency down in Florida. <clears throat> So I was down there, we were playing golf, and he was explaining his business to me. And from his perspective, he's an independent sales agent. So he's on full commission, no base pay, and he's responsible to go out and spend his own marketing dollars to find consumers that are shopping for life insurance. So what he does and what every independent life insurance agent in the industry does is they go out to lead vendors on the internet, they go find them. 
They place an order for a set of leads. Maybe it's 20 leads, 50 leads, 100 leads. And so he was explaining this process to me. And it, to me, with my engineering background, it sounded really, really outdated. He had so many pain points just in terms of finding good quality lead vendors, finding vendors that didn't seem sketchy when you got to their website. And so he had all these pain points. And I was like, look, Kyle, just let us run some ads for you. Let us try to generate some leads for you. And so we did that. This is at the same time we were, there were six of us, six engineers at the time serving, you know, we had several projects going on with large banks. We were working a lot, but we kind of went on our own and just launched some landing pages some Facebook ads and tried to find consumers that were shopping for insurance. So we did that. We started getting leads in. I remember sitting in the Bahamas with my wife on our first year, uh, our first one year anniversary. And I was taking leads manually downloading them from Facebook ads, copy and pasting them to a spreadsheet and emailing them to my brother. <laughs> um, but that was, it's just funny, like humble beginnings, thinking back to like the manual grind, trying to figure this out. But what we found out is like, it worked, like it's pretty easy to generate a lead. Um, so we did that with him. We started working with his entire agency um, and it grew pretty quick. Then we took about three months and had calls with, we probably had 400 calls over three months with insurance agents just throughout the U.S., not with my brother's organization, just any insurance agent. We got on the phone. This was all cold out LinkedIn outreach. And we just got on the phone and asked questions because we knew the pain points that my brother and his agency had. And we knew they had to, there had to be some connection there across the whole industry. And what we found is about 99% of those calls, every agent had the same pain points and they loved what kind of where our, how our minds were going and what we were thinking about building. So then we were just at a point where we had to build it. So that's where kind of everything got started. We let our projects phase out and Leadrilla was born in January of 2019. Yeah. And talk a little bit about how you would describe the platform in the early days because it's evolved quite a bit now. So how would you describe what the platform was when you guys first built it? Yeah. So when we first built it, we had all these agents that were like buying, we probably had a hundred agents buying leads from us. And this was doing the manual work I was talking about, copy and pasting leads, putting them on spreadsheets, sending them to them. So the very first task we had is how do we scale this? There's 1.2 licensed insurance agents in the U.S., 1.2 million. And so we're not going to be able to do this manual work very long. <laughs> right. So the the first task we had, the first problem we had to solve was how do we scale this? And so the the platform, the, the, the MVP, the very base product was a very easy to use UI that an insurance agent could log into, set up what we called at that time a lead feed. And Logan's smiling because it's not called a lead feed anymore. Uh, so it's called a lead feed. They would go on there and they would say, you know, they want 20 life insurance leads per week and they want them in you know, a 30 mile radius of Lexington, Kentucky or Boise, Idaho, wherever they were in the U S it didn't matter. They could, our platform would support any area. And so once they launched that lead feed, as soon as they did it, we were a Facebook marketing API. We were Facebook marketing partners. We had full access to their API. So as soon as they launched that lead feed, we would take the data that the configuration they put in there and we would launch localized ads for that life insurance product in that targeted area. And so then the agent could pause and resume. And when we did that, we were integrated with Facebook. So we were always running ads in the areas that we had agents that needed leads. And so it was completely hands-off. 
that took several months to build. Once we got it live, we started bringing our agents on to it. And it worked pretty well. That that really allowed us to scale really fast in the early days. For our first year in business, we had four employees, maybe five at, at some point in that time frame. And we were able to get to about two to 3,000 users in that first year just because it was automated and they were able to, it was completely self-serve and we were hands-off. The only thing we had to do with customers is customer support. If they had a lead they had an issue with or needed a credit, they just hit up our customer support and that was our, really our only interaction with the agents. Yeah, and that what you just said there, kind of like the customer support, that kind of speaks to the overhead of working with these independent agents and that's why the platform scaled in the way that it did because you guys built such an easy user interface that even an independent agent who might not be super familiar with technology could come on and easily set this up. So that was kind of what fueled this explosive growth because you guys, it was word of mouth in the beginning, like lead rail is super easy to use. So that's what it was in the early days. Talk a little bit about how it's evolved into what it is today. Yeah. So just one more thing, because Logan said a word in in that, what he just said, and he said overhead. So the process of dealing with independent agents, thousands of independent agents as users, when we were doing that, the, the three months of research to figure out, you know, where, are these pain points consistent? Do we have a product market fit here? What we found is when we did research on the industry side, where we went and talked to companies in the Legion space that have been in it for 10, 20 plus years, and been in it since the beginning and huge companies, what we found is like we would, I remember going to our first conference ever, there were four of us. We didn't have a booth, like we were just attending. We didn't know anybody in the industry. And we're just like four 20-year-old dudes from Kentucky <laughs> walking through this exhibit floor and talking to all these huge companies. And they'd be like, oh, what's the lead Rilla? What do you guys do? And we're like, we're a platform for independent agents. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry, you're crazy. Because nobody wants to deal with the independent agent because there's so much overhead involved. And so people would say that and like, you're crazy for doing that. But in the back of our heads, we're like, I'm glad you said that. Because <laughs> yeah, that means something. we're the only ones serving it. And so this was, it's, it was this huge untapped market. And no one was going about it from a software perspective and automating things. So that, that drove us in the early days. Same thing's happening in real estate. So this yeah. is, uh, the reason people don't like the independent agents is they're kind of like, they're flaky. They come in and out of the business. They, yep. they're Small running, volume. You know, they're running their own business. They're doing so many things. They don't have time to talk to somebody with, you know, it's selling them some kind of software. But you guys yep. made it so easy. They just onboard and yeah, yeah, yeah. And many may have a lot of them probably have a smaller budget. They're just getting into the into the business, whether it's real estate or insurance. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, makes sense. And before we start talking about the growth that you guys have had over the past year, which I've been lucky enough to kind of have a front seat to. Talk a little bit about what the product is today. So like if you were to go and pitch uh, Lead Rilla to a potential customer, how would you describe it to them now? Yeah. So first thing that's changed since I mentioned it, mentioned it earlier is <laughs> we, we discontinued Lead Feeds and changed the name to Campaigns. <laughs> but there was really a, a really important meaning behind why we did that. So in the early days, we were just in life insurance. We only did leads. So when I say lead, it's a digital lead, so it's a consumer filling out a web form on, say, it's lifeinsurance.com or whatever landing page it is. They're filling out a form, submitting their information for a quote. That's a lead. So as we've expanded, we've, we've launched in Medicare, we launched in solar. Life insurance are med- and Medicare are kind of our bread and butter. They're our largest verticals. But we made the change from lead feeds to campaigns because we've started to add 
a lot more features to the platform. One huge one, which is pretty new for us, we launched earlier this year, is calls. So we can now deliver calls directly to an agent's phone. And if we're calling it a lead feed, it doesn't really make sense. So we switched to campaigns and we have a lot of different campaign types that an insurance agent could set up now. So they can get real-time exclusive leads. They can get warm transfer calls directly to their cell phone. There's other things with the direct mail and different types of campaigns we're working on over the over the coming months. So other things that have kind of morphed in the platform, we can white label the platform for an enterprise client. So we work with several large agencies, large insurance carriers on, on life insurance and Medicare side. So we can take a Fortune 100 company, which we started doing this in 2020. And historically, enterprise companies like a large carrier, they would send leads into a call center where they, you know, they have employees working that call center. They vet the lead, qualify them, create an appointment and send it out to their agents that are out in the field. So we've taken kind of a different approach with because we have our platform is we can go to a large carrier and say, you don't have to do any internal work. Let our platform do all of that. You just onboard all of your agents and they can order their leads, calls, whatever they need at their own convenience. Because all these agents have different schedules, different you know things going on. They work at different times or in different areas. So we've kind of taken a different approach to that and given the, the enterprise company a kind of an admin dashboard. We call it the organization portal. And so they can see performance of all their agents that they bring on, even though their agents are kind of independent of that organization using our platform at their own convenience and managing their own campaigns. So what category would you put yourself under? Would it be some kind of lead? Would it be lead or CRM? Like, like is it lead management, CRM? Are they using other CRMs? Like how does that work? Yeah, so I would say we're in the middle of a shift. So we started out as we were just a lead vendor with a sexy platform that kind of handled it in a different way than everybody else has. In the past six months or so, we've really focused on beefing up our CRM. So in the beginning, we created a very simple CRM because the agents, when they ordered leads, they had to have some way of managing mm -hmm. their leads and working them. So over the past six months, we've put a, a big focus on becoming more of a technology platform and having a CRM with automations in it to really help the agents do their job. So I would say we're in kind of a shift from being just a lead vendor to being a lead platform that kind of includes a CRM and includes automations. Yeah, that's what I'm super excited about when we talk about our long-term vision is moving to those automations because that's when you get into SaaS revenue as well. Right. Which is the, that's that's, fun. The, that's the goal. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, the, what, that's the big goal. That's yeah. what we like to, that's what we like to talk about. So give us an idea of how much growth has actually happened over the past year with, with whatever metric you want to talk about, either headcount or, uh, you know, customer count, stuff like that. Yeah. So I think the easiest one to, to talk in terms of growth is just our, our customer count. Right now we service about coming up on 15,000 users in terms of revenue. We've seen quite a bit of growth over the past three years. Um, we pretty consistently see about a 5% growth month over month. For us, this is a really exciting time. It's, is it September yet? It's August 31st. So for Medicare, AEP is a huge, it, Medicare is very seasonal and it's mainly due to open enrollment, which is in Q4 of every year. 
So 60 to 70% of leads that are sold across the whole industry in Medicare are sold in Q4. Wow. And so every year we see a huge spike in Q4. So that's exciting for us. But yeah, growth has been, it's been awesome. I mean, it's been a, it's been a fun ride. There's definitely ups and downs. We've been through the downs in the early days. Uh, talk about some of those downs. Like give an example of like a really hard thing you guys faced that, that so there's was been related two. to your growth. Yeah. So there's been two really l- low times when I've lost a lot of sleep. <laughs> the first being about six months in from when we started the company. So when I talked about earlier, just kind of the backstory, we had a company prior. We started building Leadrilla, launched the base product in 2019. When we when we switched companies and kind of let our projects phase out, we had about six months of runway and six employees. We didn't really get to the revenue we needed to stay afloat until about eight or nine months. So mm-hmm. we went through a phase of pay cuts, layoffs, which it, it sucked. I mean, that's a low point and that's something no one ever wants to do. And I think I learned a lot from it. The other point was COVID, of course, which <laughs> millions of businesses face that. Uh, so it's not, you know, it wasn't just us. Um, so COVID, I remember to this day, Logan actually, when did, did you start? Like right, right when COVID hit. Right when we, COVID hit. We delayed yeah. my start date oh, because we right. weren't we weren't sure what was going to happen. Yeah, so I Logan was remotely. starting and then COVID hit. <laughs> And I was like, uh, we got to pull this back a little bit. <laughs> so when COVID hit, I guess it was March, uh, whatever month it was, 2020, we were we were on pace for a record month in terms of revenue, uh, platform revenue. We were growing. We were hiring. It was like, I always think of a startup as a roller coaster, and a lot of people do this analogy, but like, like we were at the peak. Like we were higher than when you first take off on the roller coaster. We were like in the middle of the roller coaster where it was higher than you've been on the whole thing. So like things were going really good. And then COVID hit. And in our minds, we were like, maybe we'll be fine. A lot of these agents work remote. You know, it's a digital platform. We do nothing in person. Our agents do a lot of things remote. And so that when it first hit, that was my initial thought. And then it was like for, I mean, it happened within five days, like every single day. Campaigns were being paused. Revenue was just like tanking day by mm-hmm. day by day. So we saw about a 60 to 65% drop in daily revenue. Wow. And so it, it wasn't a record month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, definitely a bit um, scary. That, that was a scary, scary time. I mean, it was for millions of businesses and people. Um, but yeah, those were the low points in terms of growth. You clearly bounced back and you're hiring yeah. pretty aggressively. Yeah. Talk about like your hiring strategy, because that's something that a lot of companies struggle with, you know, around here. And I'm sure you guys faced your challenges with that. Yeah. So that was the last thing I was going to touch on growth. So now just team size, we have 14 full-time employees. Currently we have three or four part-time employees that help out with various things on the product side. In terms of hiring, a lot of those hires have happened in the past six to 12 months. I would say Eight of those hires have happened in the past six to 12 months. So it's been pretty quick growing the team. And we're still kind of in a hiring phase. We're hiring probably five more roles over the next six months. So that's been, it's been a learning experience figuring out, you know, in the early days when we had four or five people, it was really easy to just talk with our, you know, everybody on the team, see who knows who, talk to people in this, in the local area in Lexington and just find people. But as we needed more and more like specific positions and 
we had kind of used everybody's friends. Like nobody had that many friends. <laughs> <laughs> like we had to start going to, you know, putting job postings up and doing intro calls. And what we've kind of done over the past six months is really focus on diversity in our hiring and getting people that have different types of backgrounds. So our first six, seven employees, we were all in our 20s, pretty fresh out of college and, and pretty hungry. But we we hired a couple, you know, we have a couple guys that are in their 40s and they have enterprise experience. And so kind of finding those people that they're they're bought into the vision and just as hungry as the younger guys when we started, but they also have this enterprise experience and they bring this different level of maturity and organization that like dramatically has changed our organization. Um, and so there's a lot of things we've implemented and we're still implementing today just based off of the hires we've brought on in the past six months or so. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> something I really appreciate about working at Leadrilla is the culture we've managed to cultivate and, yeah. and kind of scale as we've grown our team. And I think there are a couple of things that contribute to that. One is just you as a founder are, are a great leader. And, and the, one of my favorite things is the nine to five that we work. So that's just one example, but talk a little bit about how you've been conscious about maintaining culture as the team has grown. Yeah. So the nine to five thing, that's something that, that always, that's important to me. And I've said that since the beginning, even when it was just a few of us in the office. So I have, I have two kids. I have a two-year-old and with two-year-old next month and then a uh, six-month-old. So, you know, time away from the office is really important to me. I've been in positions and, you know, in the past that I wouldn't say I didn't like them. I, I loved them and I believed in what we were building, but I've spent, I've worked with companies where I've slept in the office overnight and I've woke up at 7am and started working again, worked till eight o'clock, went and got food and came back to the office and did it again. And for me, like, yeah, that was a really exciting time and I grew a lot and I learned a ton just because I was working a lot, but it was draining. And so when I started Lead Rilla and as I hired, you know, people always ask, like, what's the work schedule? It's like, oh, we get in at nine and we leave at five. And that's kind of mandatory. Like, I don't want you working there till eight o'clock. If there's something that needs to get done, yeah, we'll pull together and get it done. But that's something that's really important to me. A lot of people on our team have kids. And so, I, and I think it plays a big role just in the culture you create. It's something really small, like leave at five, get here at nine. Don't, don't overwork yourself. Like that's something really small that makes a huge impact in the culture long term as a company gets bigger. Yeah, I'd yeah. say that's that's rare. I mean, for a startup it's yeah. in the early phases, you know, I think every company kind of works its way towards that. Yeah. Once they get to a certain level of scale or revenue clarity, whatever it might be, but to do that, you know, as early as you did, that's you know, I, that's rare. And I think it's important to clarify, like you're working at all times on LeadRail. You're checking yeah. support. I mean, it's not yeah. like you just log off completely. I think that's an important point. And also I think it's the reason that works is because we come in and it, we're not like burnt out all the time from working until 8 PM yep. and not getting to see our friends and allowing us to have that really robust work-life balance. We come in refreshed and we were able to, I think I work much more efficiently only yep. like having that nine to five window. Get more and done in that time kind period of knowing what than, to expect right. than you would otherwise. Yeah. 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 And so talk something else about culture is you mentioned there is we were hiring a lot of our, not a lot, but partially, our team is remote. Talk about yep. managing a partially remote team and maintaining culture amongst the remote employees as well. Yeah. So we have currently nine full-time employees in our office in Lexington. And then we have five remote. Um, our CFO is in New York. 
our head UX guys in Atlanta, our director of media is in Oregon, then we have two engineers in LA. So kind of dispersed throughout the US in every region. Early on, like I'm a big advocate for in-office and Logan knows that. So I really, really push for finding employees local. What we realized when we were hiring and growing is there's some specific skills and and there's people out there that, you know, outside of Lexington and the other cities that they have so much experience and it just makes sense to, to hire them remote. And so we try to, now we try to keep a, a 60 to 70% in office ratio and then the rest can be remote with the goal of eventually getting them to Lexington. But yeah, I mean, as we talked about culture a little bit, I think it's, we're learning how to do it more efficiently. One thing we've implemented recently is one-on-ones having, you know, whoever is a manager of a team. For example, we have an engineering manager that has a weekly one-on-one with every employee that's remote. And we track, you know, it's not really a one-on-one to say, you know, you're doing really good at this. You're doing awful at this. We need to fix it. Like it's more of like just getting on the phone, asking them how they're doing and just making sure they're happy, making sure they understand the vision of, of, of Lead Rilla and what our objective is as a company and what we're building and making sure they, they stay bought into that. Because if we have employees that are remote that aren't happy and they just dial into a stand-up every day for That's 30 awesome. minutes and then they're off back in their room just like writing code or whatever role they ha- they're doing, like culture is going to be awful for the remote employees. So we've tried to really bring them in. There's things we're working on from kind of a corporate level to push out our vision and make sure, you know, on a monthly basis, a quarterly annual cadence that everybody is bought into those objectives and we're all striving towards the same goal, whether they're in office or remote. And so we've, we've implemented that over the past few months and it's, it's really helping a lot. I think something that uh, a good worthwhile investment that you made right when we were bringing on some of these remote employees is bringing them to Lexington and having dinner with them. Like we, we got to do a couple of really cool dinners around Christmas time. And then uh, we got to have everyone in and go to Goodfellas and like have drinks together. And just recently we went and, and did like a little mini retreat, like having those kind of unguarded moments for your team and like taking the, paying the money to have your remote employees flown in and do that. Yeah. That was one of my favorite times is like showing somebody from Oregon or somebody from LA and be like, this is Lexington and I fucking love it here. Like this is <laughs> one of my favorite cities, one yeah. of my favorite states. And I think we'll eventually kind of get those those remote employees to realize Kentucky's a cool place to live and Lexington yeah. especially is a, a city that's growing. And uh, as you know, companies like Lead Rail start sprouting up, there's more and more yeah. opportunity here. And I'm really proud to be a part of one of the major opportunities yeah. uh, that we see. So speaking of kind of Lexington and the ecosystem, talk a little bit about, you know, how we've gotten some of these employees through the ecosystem. So I came from Awesome Inc., Maggie came from Awesome Inc. We've got a couple of Fuji employees, yep. uh, Hydro. Talk a little bit about these network effects and, and what it means for the ecosystem when they're all coming from these different places. Yeah, so there was a point of our company where over half of the employees came from a Lexington startup prior to com- coming on to Lead Rilla. Our CTO came from Fuji. Our engineering manager came from Fuji. Like Logan said, Logan and Maggie both came from Awesome Inc., yeah, I mean we, and and Lexington's growing a ton. Like there's there's startups I hear about every few weeks that I'm like, who is that? Like it's growing a ton, and so we leverage that a lot. Like when we hire, like if we have a role that's coming on before we even really push it out, we start asking around the 
the art, just everybody's network to see if there's anybody out there. Mm-hmm. There's also, I've had a lot of calls with just people that have been successful in this area that it's not, not to hire them, but I, I, I can just text anybody if they know this person who knows this person and get on a call with somebody that started a company here and got acquired five years ago and ask them for advice. Like it's really easy here to get connected with people like that and get advice and find candidates for whatever you need. Yeah, I remember um, when Fuji did our layoffs, when we did, I mean, we had an engineering team of like 12 or 13, and we laid off maybe half of them. I'm like, this is going to be a good moment for somebody you know, coming here and <laughs> mm-hmm. scoop this up. And I think I remember you guys were growing. I know who it is. <laughs> and uh, I reached out to uh, my cousin who was working for you at the time. I'm like, hey, man, like, you should probably check some of these guys out. These are the most talented guys, I think, in town. And, yeah, so it was like, it was a good opportunity. You know, and I, I that well, that happened for a few startups when Fuji did the layoffs, but... Yeah, I I definitely can see, you know, between Hydro and, and Fuji and, you know, your relationship with, with some other people, you know, I've noticed yeah. that too. The more people you know, the more people that, and especially if you're having success, like everybody wants to join a successful startup. Yep. And so it's just like some people want to jump from one to another, and that was just a prime opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so let's uh, transition into kind of the future of Leadrilla as we, as we wrap it up here. Where do you see Leadrilla in the next five to ten years? What's your vision for it? Yeah, so we want to be the the go-to platform for any independent sales agent across life insurance, Medicare. There's other verticals we plan to launch in 2022. Under 65, health insurance, mortgage, personal loans, any industry you can think of that has a sales process to a consumer, there's an opportunity for lead generation. And so we plan on launching in several verticals in 2022 and and onward i think more kind of more so in terms of where we want to be is i've talked a little bit about this earlier as we started as just a lead vendor our our only revenue stream was was selling leads and we've put a big focus in 2021 on building out our platform to be able to do do the job for the agents and charge SaaS fees for that so that's the goal across all these verticals as we launch in them is help these independent agents because a lot of them are just new to the business, like like Evan said, and it's the same thing in real estate. And so the more we can help these agents and provide value to them and do their jobs for them and help them be successful and have a good ROI, the higher our retention rate is going to be and the higher our growth is going to be. So that's really the vision over the next several years. There's On our roadmap, we do plan to expand internationally. That's not something that'll happen in the next six to 12 months, but we are looking at going into Canada, Europe. Canada and Europe are about four to five years behind the US in in the lead generation space. So it's kind of an untapped market there as well. And they have similar setups like for life insurance uh, with independent agents, just like it, it is here in the US. So. Exciting stuff. Well, thanks so much for coming on and giving yeah. us a refresher on what Leadrilla does and, and where you guys are as a company. Like I said, I've been part of the team now for a little over a year, and it's been awesome. It's been so exciting. Great learning experience for me as well. Um, before we let you go, tell everyone where they can find Leadrilla, where they can find you, social media, website, all that sort of stuff. Yep. Thanks for having me on. It, it's been fun. Uh, sure. Leadrilla, you can find us at leadrilla.com, L-E-A-D-R-I-L-L-A. It's gorilla with lead instead of geo. <laughs> Uh, so leadrilla.com. If you want to reach out to us, just send an email to hello at leadrilla.com. If you want to come see us, if you're in Lexington, 
come on down to the square right above Pies and Pints. Come down anytime. Only nine to five, though. Play some <laughs> uh, Pong. What's the game? You... Pongrilla. 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 We've grown too big. We can't play Pongrilla anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have the space. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Kobe. It's been awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs>